welcome to Hike Club. I'm Eddie Brewer. And I am Joe Toledo. Yeah, this uh, podcast is just uh, me and Joe go on hikes throughout the week and talk about things, come back and talk to you about what we <laughs> talked about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we come up with some pretty fascinating things on these hikes, I would say. At least in my own perspective. <laughs> <laughs> So trust me, you guys are going to want to hear this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're going to definitely, definitely want to hear this. <laughs> so Eddie, why don't you tell the people out there a little about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm a musician. I, uh, <laughs> I uh, play in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, used to be in a punk rock group. Now I do a lot more jazz and blues and some kind of rock stuff and uh yeah and i teach yoga as well i'm a yoga instructor and those are my credentials yes yes eddie has uh, gotten me into some yoga as well it's pretty addicting once you start doing hot yoga oh yeah man it's like I one of the it. biggest things i missed during this whole quarantine thing yeah joe what do you do what do you do <sighs> what do i do well i'm a i'm a business student at uh, anderson business school at unm uh Sorry, that's my dog, people. Tony, get down off, Eddie. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in my last year of uh, business school. Um, I've lived in Albuquerque my whole life. Uh, and as of recently, I'm just you know trying to work on some things, working on some stand-up comedy, working on these podcasts, you know. Health. health wealth. Yes, health. Very, trying to, we're both, me and Eddie, are trying to get uh, in very good physical shape right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because right when all this stuff kicked off, we, we were three weeks into lifting over at the gym. And, uh, you know, I, I love yoga and stuff. I always do that. But I wanted to, wanted to get super buff. Yeah. It's almost like God is sending us a message. As soon as we try to get buff, he shuts down all the gyms. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It'll be uh, – this whole thing should hopefully blow over in the next month or two. Uh, how do you feel about everything that's been going on, Eddie? We've both been kind of cooped up in the house. Uh, are you kind of getting stir-crazy at this point? I'm a little stir-crazy, man. Not going to lie. Yeah. I. Uh, well, and I just love to perform so much that, uh, you know, it's... Oh, yeah, uh, this is really affecting your, your business. Yeah. this is how Eddie makes all of his money is by playing gigs around town. And with everything shut down, it's like, hey. Yeah. What about Eddie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what about me? <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it just sucks. You know, a lot of the places that I play at, just seeing all the people that I've met, you know, uh, out of work and, uh, and uh, you know, the uncertainty, I think, is the craziest part about all this because nobody knows where this is going to go. seems like a lose-lose situation no matter what you do. Um, well, I heard something freaky today that was like – because a lot of people are – pissed off that you know you got people on one side that want to get back to business basically and like reopen everything get the economy going and then you have others who are saying well that's just not possible right now and uh i go back and forth on this but it's weird because you know i'm just kind of freaked out that like if everything stays closed for long enough and we go into a deep enough recession that you know it could happen that china ends up being on top here being oh, like yeah. the most powerful yeah. which nobody you know considers that but that would be horrible you know yeah well and i think <clears throat> with uh with china that would be super scary right i mean uh, imagine living under that sort of dictatorship you know yeah well and i mean i just think that you know that they're lying about a lot of their numbers and they're lying about a lot of the cases. They lie all the time. Um, yeah, you really can't trust the numbers as far as they're like right now. They're acting like it's on the mend. Like things are coming around. I'm not sure that I totally believe that. I believe the numbers coming out of Italy. I think it seems like they're being pretty transparent about how oh, yeah. shitty things are over there. Yeah, well, China's just never transparent about anything. So you know, whether it's copper, oil, any of that stuff, it's just. Well, or, well, no, we have to trace the copper. That's what it is, that we have to trace. Like, we can't figure out what their numbers are, so we have to look at 
they're manufacturing and how much we're getting to guess how much they're actually making on income. So we're always guessing their numbers. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, like I said, I go I go back and forth on all this. I don't really know what to believe. There's uh, there's craziness, crazy stories on both sides. Some people think, you know, the Chinese government like manufactured this thing and put it out there. I'm not sure I believe that. I'm not like a conspiracy guy, but nonetheless, this is uh, a freaky time and uh, kind of a and a good eye opening for everybody just to realize that hey, you know, this is a fragile system that we're a part of and uh, might need to make some changes, you know. Well, yeah, and the cool thing is that, you know, we, uh, we've been going out on hikes a lot, and you notice that there's, you know, more people outside. Oh, yeah. You know, there's less cars, more people that are active. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if none of you have, for the people that haven't been to Albuquerque, you know, we got the Sandia Mountains, which are beautiful, and uh, hiking up through the foothills where me and Joe uh, live right by. We live relatively close to each other. We just meet halfway in this uh, arroyo, and then we just hike up the mountains, and uh, there's just a lot of people out there. It's, it's crazy. You don't, yeah. you don't ever see that many people that active, you know, but everybody's stir crazy. Yeah, yeah, and... Uh... I don't know. I think, do you think we'll see this blow over like in the next couple of weeks or do you think it's going to be as far as everything being shut down? Do you think like mid April, maybe everything will start? I have no idea. There's a few different directions. I think that it'll go. I think that, you know, it could last a long time, like, you know, longer, like three months. I can't even picture three months. Like you say three months, that sounds so like, that's very possible, but think about how long that really is. It's been, what, three weeks, and everybody's about to fucking go crazy? Yeah. Three months is like, things are really going to start to get iffy at that point, I think, in a lot of different levels. Oh, yeah, businesses will be going down. People will not have uh, not have work. Uh, it's like how long, you know, how many stimulus checks can we get, you know? Yeah. Before, before the economy crashes, and... You know how much money is uh, being borrowed and whatnot, and you know to do all that, and how much debt, how much debt is real before it's actually debt. You know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, is much... this one of those debts that we're just going to be able to like, you know, just not pay off and like, tell, like... Them, tell them to go fuck themselves? <laughs> yeah, or is this going to be like a? Because you know, once a debt gets big enough, it just can never be paid. How are you ever going to pay back ten trillion dollars? That doesn't seem real. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, we'll pay you back. I yeah. swear. I swear. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> just don't give us that. another billion, another 10 billion. Yeah. And then it just keeps adding up, keeps adding up. But uh, God, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm sure people are sick of hearing about this. I'm honestly kind of sick of hearing about it. But uh, it's just what everyone's consumed with. It's what's going on. Oh, you know? yeah. Well, and I think, you know, what me and Joe were, you know, talking about with this whole podcast is, you know, definitely, um, you know, part of the reason why I like to go on hikes and, you know, that we're on this journey of, uh, you know, self-betterment and uh, doing things like going outside is because I want to be in a healthy state of mind, you know. And um, so, you know, we try to stay away from being too bipartisan on this. Uh, we don't want to lean one way or the other too heavily unless it's a funny joke. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's crazy times, you know. It's yeah. different. Well, no, that's a good point. Like yeah, like you said, yeah, we want to basically we want to keep this podcast light and uh talk about all kinds of stuff, but you made a good point there. One of the best ways to stay you know, feeling good during this, it's you know, everybody knows this, but it's exercise. Oh yeah. I mean, the uh it's amazing like the difference I'll feel from I can feel totally shitty. And then if you go for like a, a good solid run, really get your heart pumping and everything, uh, you feel better, you know, oh, it's yeah. like a, a natural antidepressant. So, and, uh, me and Eddie both have kind of a addictive personalities. So it's, it's a good thing that we're using them now for, <laughs> for all this good. healthy stuff. Yeah, for cause, good. <laughs> Cause I've gotten to, uh, 
to the point where it's just like I need this stuff in my life, you know, eating healthy, working out. It's just like I don't know how I ever did not. <laughs> well, I guess it's because I used to do drugs. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when you have drugs, you don't need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you have drugs, it's pretty. It's pretty easy to not think about your health. Yeah. Yeah, and just a little history. Me and Joe have known each other since we're nine years old. Since we're nine, uh, we've been friends for a very long time. Uh, you know, we both have had you know rough histories, gotten out of it, trying to do better for ourselves. So. Uh, yeah, I'm really just excited after this, like up in Taos, I found this Hanuman Hindu temple. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I really want to check that out. You know who Hanuman is? Mm-mm. He's like the uh, the monkey god. Really? You know? Monkey god. Yeah, in the Hindu beliefs, the monkey god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which one is the... Is it Krishna, the elephant god? No, that's Ganesh. Ganesh. Oh, Krishna yeah. is like something totally different, right? I'm thinking yeah, of... Krishna is... Um... It's like Hare Krishna. Yeah, yeah. Krishna is uh, what's it? Uh, trying to blank. Uh, Krishna. I'm pretty sure he's in the Bhagavad Gita. Mm-hmm. It is the one that's uh, counseling um, Arjuna during a time of war. It's a epic story, Hindu folk tale, mythic, you know, religious thing. Tell it, me about this monkey god. Oh yeah, um, it's uh, the monkey god is in a story called the Ramayana. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's friends with uh, Ram, who's trying to get his wife back from okay. a demon. Really? And so these monkeys, they could take, uh, they could grow exponentially and become like giants, and uh, they could shrink back down, hmm. and uh, they would, you know, send off all of these like these missile type things, which was kind of crazy that they were talking about that back then. They would talk about these like big, large missile type things that they'd be shooting and blowing things up in this epic. So, wow. So they kind of like foresaw that or foreshadowed the future. Yeah. There was like some nuclear scientist. I forget his name, uh, but he was like the, what do you say? Like I am death. He was from New Mexico. You really? know, when he dropped the atom bomb. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. He look quoted up his it. name. Yeah, he quoted that. Uh, he quoted the uh, the one of those guys. And uh, was he the creator of the A bomb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "Now I am death" or something. It, it was some quote that uh, that is from. Uh, oh yeah, Robert Oppenheimer. Robert course. Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always was, thought that was a hilarious last name. What was that? <laughs> Oppenheimer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me find the quote. Oppenheimer bomb quote i'm assuming that's oh yeah yeah yeah. That's, so i am be, i am become death the destroyer of worlds oh yeah that's like whoa yeah. oppenheimer <laughs> yeah settle down. <laughs> i know just imagine like didn't he say that as the bomb went off or like right after they watched the test blast in new mexico yeah i think so like just imagine that moment like you're in the room you see this horrible like this huge bomb go off you've never seen anything like that and then this creepy fuck's just like i am death <laughs> <laughs> or I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. I'd be like, I don't want to work here anymore. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah. But obviously a smart guy. I mean, to be a theoretical physicist, you know, that's obviously, you oh. you got a, an IQ to create the atom bomb, you know? Yeah, you got to be super bright. Well, it's interesting, though, like when you have someone who's super bright and they go and create something that's potentially, that's genius, but it's also potentially like the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if he had put that energy into something else. I don't know. Well, and we were just competing with, you know, the Nazis. Yeah, I guess it was kind of a necessity at the time because we were at this race to, like, create nuclear arms, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so if we didn't do it, others were going to do it. And, yeah, that's just, uh, that's crazy. But to get back to the, uh, this thing you were telling me about in Taos... Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I was like, it was funny because I was looking up Hanuman, Uh and then they've actually got a temple in Taos that you could go to. So I'm excited for when everything opens back up. So you think that's like where people go and like worship or something? Or is it like, uh, it's like a church kind of? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a place of worship, and uh, it's a place where people go, you know, pray and meditate. And they have, I think, like a guru there, or like a, you know, uh, they have ceremonies and stuff, so... I always wondered what it takes to become a guru, you know, like 
Is there like a class you take? Like, <laughs> what, what specifically qualifies someone as a guru? Do you think they can hear his nails walking up there? Sorry, if you guys can hear my dog is walking around upstairs, he's being a pain in the ass. Tony, come here. Come downstairs. Come here, buddy. Good boy. God, his nails. I can just hear him on the tile, and I feel like people can hear that. <laughs> All right, anyways. Uh, what was the question I just asked you? You were asking me about... Uh... Oh, yeah. How do, do, you, do you know what it takes to become a guru? Like, who deems you a guru? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, I would say that, like... Uh... I think that a guru is probably, I don't know, somebody that's just chosen, maybe. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Joe's oh, just, just dog's jumping all over me. Yeah, we're going to put this dog down before the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love this dog. It's, uh, it's funny, though. He's a real pain in the ass when people come over. I was telling Eddie, like, it's really bad if, like, you try and hang out with a girl or something. They have to really like dogs mm -hmm. because he is going to be a pain in the ass for a solid 20 minutes. He's a pit bull and he's really strong. So he just like jumps on you and it's, it's fairly annoying, especially if you're not a dog person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, you know, I don't know, probably just training like a lot of hours of like meditation and yoga and um but well, i couldn't i couldn't tell you i don't know if you're chosen i don't know what the deal is with uh you know guru i would love to meet like an authentic you know guru uh that i think that'd be kind of a treat and uh well apparently i found an, an article here on forbes magazine and it says how to become a guru in four easy steps <laughs> <laughs> so, all right so let's... step one become a magus do you know what a magus is? All right, so it's like, how to become a magus. Step, Four steps. Step two. Now, this is one of the easier steps. Write a Bible. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's a you have step to write, to write a Bible? A... Yeah. Yeah, here, scoot in. He'll leave you alone. Push him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says, yeah, that's step two. Step three, start a church. Step four, start a war. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if this is like uh, the actual we... steps. I think this is just Forbes being kind of like, pessimistic or something i don't know but they're generally a good outfit so i'm gonna go ahead and listen to them <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no but the, the more we talk because you know me and eddie have been kind of and we don't know that much about it but we've been talking a little bit about this like you know this hindu gods and this oh yeah, type yeah. Of stuff and it's super super interesting uh trying to get a hold on this stuff you know, like we were discussing, what was that book that uh, I know you've read a couple of times? Oh, the the Mahabharata. The Mahabharata, which has within it the Bhagavad Gita. Which yeah, every, everybody knows, or a lot of people will quote that. Yeah. Uh, but you read like the whole thing, basically. Yeah, I'm an audiobook guy, man. And when you got a, you know, thirty hours of material, and I like to drive around, and you know, kind of have to drive around sometimes. Audiobooks are great. You just have to have a good person who's reading it. Oh, yeah. You know, I had this one audiobook. Uh, it was for a Chuck Palahniuk book, actually. You know, the guy who wrote Fight Club? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy who read it was just really bad. Like, I, I think it's always a bad move when they hire an actor to do that. Well, you know what's funny? The, there's the guy, um, uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he read um, Autobiography of a Yogi and then another Hindu Book. See, he's got a great voice. I could see oh, that yeah. being awesome. Ben Kingsley's like made for audiobooks. You know who else I think would be made for it? Patrick Stewart. I'm trying to picture his voice. Uh, he was uh, X Men. Whoa, or picture of voice? Yeah, he's like he's like number one. Is he the bald guy in X Men? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he plays what is it, Doctor Manhattan or something? Or Xavier, Xavier. Yeah, you're oh, yeah. you're in, you're in Watchmen realm right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was a good movie. You ever see Watchmen? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see the show? No, I, I saw it on HBO. Did you? Was it good? Yeah. yeah Generally, really good. everything HBO puts out is pretty pretty fire. Pretty solid. Yeah. Have you seen The Outsider on HBO? Oh, dude. Such a good show. If you guys like horror, The Outsider is scary. It is like. such a good... Yeah, it's written by... It's based on a Stephen King book. Mm -hmm. And uh, God, Stephen King. There's a guy who's just... His writing is so great like i heard he used to just uh 
like back in the day he would like do a lot of coke and like smoke a ton of cigarettes and just write yeah and like he wrote i heard he wrote cujo and didn't even remember it he's <laughs> like crazy. oh yeah i wrote this and cujo is like a masterpiece you know yeah god he wrote yeah so you guys should definitely check out the outsider i know everybody's watching the tiger king on netflix but turn that off for a while and yeah check out the outsider yeah no the uh yeah man and uh it's a good the outsider's really scary it's one of those shows where i was sitting on the couch and it was like two in the morning because i'd been gigging got home and wanted to see the new episode and then uh i just you know like when when you just feel like there's somebody hovering over you, you feel like you know the you know the hairs on your head are kind of standing. Oh, like yeah, you just feel energy. like yeah, you just feel it hovering over you, and mm-hmm. you're just so I, I would like look back a couple times because I'm like, well, it might not be the guy in the show that's here to kill me, but like, what if somebody's just breaking into my house real quick and just gonna chop my head off or something, you know? Yeah. Well, what I think is cool, like I don't, I'm not gonna give any spoilers, obviously, for the show, but. It's kind of like a, this premise that has to do with like uh, like doppelgangers in a way. And I've always thought the idea of doppelgangers is like really creepy, first of all. A lot of shows have touched on that, like Twin Peaks and yeah. a bunch of shows have touched on the whole doppelganger thing. But Outsider did it in a really, really cool way. And uh, yeah, and it's not a show you want to watch by yourself at two in the morning. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, definitely leaves you... Kind of feeling like there's something hovering, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you just got, it feels like you got like a monkey on your back or something. It's just weird, you know, and the only time I've ever had that feeling really bad, one time I went to see a movie with uh, my ex-girlfriend and I dropped her off and uh, it was this really scary movie about um, fucking like a, like devil worship, you know, and it's like, it was like one of those fake, like where it acts like it's a documentary. Oh, yeah, what was that one called? Yeah, they did like seven of them. Yeah, it was really sc- – the first one was sc- – no, it wasn't Paranormal Activity, but it was like that. It was like in that same style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was driving home, I remember I was by myself in the car, and like I kept getting that exact same feeling you're saying. Like I felt like there was somebody behind me in the car. Like I was getting the chills all crazy, and I kept yeah. looking behind me and shit. And, like, well, yeah, and like you know that like um... – I love where they do like the camera, like it looks like like they did on nineteen seventeen. Oh, where yeah. it's like you know the, it looks like the camera is following the people or whatever. And it... Dude, that movie was shot so cool. There's been a ton of one thing I will say for like twenty nineteen, a ton of good movies. Oh yeah, came out. I thought like you know nineteen seventeen was definitely my favorite. Nineteen seventeen was dope. You still need Parasite is really that one that won the Oscar. If you guys haven't seen that, Parasite's really good. Uh, yeah, a bunch of good stuff. You know, and usually I'm I'm just surprised because like it seems like lately like I'm sick of all these like reboots and like oh yeah you know the Marvel movies and this and oh, that. Are you Marvel. a fan of those? Yeah, I love Marvel. Yeah, I like the Marvel movies. So you'll go see like uh, Iron Man three or something like that. You'd go see that. Yeah, well, I like them because they're just fun, you know, and they have some good character development. You know, Robert Downey Jr.'s character from the beginning to the end is just great. Like, you just see him change, and there's just these good uh, character arcs. Actually, one of my favorites was Doctor Strange. Dude, Doctor Strange was dope. Yeah, Doctor Strange is cool because, I don't know, man, like, you know, I'm all into yoga and all that stuff and, like, meditation, so when he's, like, tapping into his mind and going to other dimensions yeah that's another kind of a trippy idea isn't it like this idea of like the shining when like going into your head and like traveling to new places and different spots in the world again stephen king man transcending reality well and stephen king was able to um like connect all of his stories like it was all in the same universe you know Uh, every one of his books yeah really yeah so i so he has like, uh, was it like the, and I haven't read the stuff, but what I heard, so take it with a grain of salt. If you're a Stephen King fan, don't, don't be come screaming. to my house and shoot me. <laughs> hey, uh, man. <laughs> hey, hey, man. He just breaks into my house. I'm like, I really feel like somebody's hovering over my head, chops my head off. <laughs> and it's like, you don't talk about Stephen King like that, bro. Uh, 
He's an Italian guy that loves Stephen King. <laughs> He's an Italian man. <laughs> you don't talk about Stephen King. Like that. I feel like that's the most likely person to be a giant Stephen King fan. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like that one time when he killed that one person. It just reminded me of my family, man. It just reminded me of my family, what they used to do to people, man. Now he's Robert, now he's Robert De Niro. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he changes. He changes. This guy. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, the Dark Towers. So um, basically, like, in our world, there's, like, another universe that's, like, starting to, like, seep into ours. So there's, like, these little, like, tears in the universes. Mm. And you can teleport through these universes and the Dark Tower or something, like, makes everybody teleport. So these creatures are, like, doppelgangers coming from... um, from other realities. The Dark Tower, is that one of his books or is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's like another one of his yeah, books. Yeah, it's a series. It's the Dark Tower and then there's a bunch of other ones. And that, that was the one I guess that was supposed to kind of connect everything. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, you know, you have these like tears in the universe or like in our, you know, there's like the multiverse basically. And then right. there's these tears and then they're coming through these creatures are. Something like that, you know. Multiverse is crazy. You know, Rick and Morty really opened up the multiverse thing a lot, you know. Yeah, well, the multiverse theory freaks me out because that's the one where it's like there's infinite versions of yourself who have made infinite decisions. Like every decision you could have made, they've made in a different reality, right? It's that kind of thing. Yeah, which sucks because, you know, if that were true, then I wouldn't be as important as I thought I was. (laughs) There would just be a bunch of bees, probably some that are dumber which i could not see being possible (laughs) yeah well and then there's also some that are probably like that made all the right moves oh yeah super successful oh yeah fuck those ones (laughs) those those eddie brewers yeah fuck those eddie brewers those those ones are the worst those freddie bowers that really is a freaky thought though and uh i always get that like that's why i hate the feeling of deja vu yeah when you're like, I feel like I've either been here before or like done this before. Oh yeah. Because it's like, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I think I've tried to look like they've tried to like look up where deja vu comes from, and I still don't think they even think really it's, know. Isn't it like one eye catching up with the other? Maybe I'm sure it's something just like that. That's like that seems significant. That's not. That's most likely the it case. It always makes me paranoid. Yeah, me too. It always makes me feel like something really bad is gonna happen. Yeah, it's just like an eerie feeling, right? Like, it's just kind of creepy, like, hmm, you're deja like, vu. Oh, whoa. You're like, uh, I'll be, like, walking, and then, uh, and then like, once deja vu happens, like, my anxiety just kicks up, and then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, this is the scenario where a plane just flies from the sky, hits me, chops me up, throws <laughs> me out of the engine, and just, and then I'm just sprayed out and blood and splatter everywhere. That would suck. Yeah, it probably wouldn't last that long. But just that moment, like, you know, because this is why I wouldn't want to die in a plane, you know, or like something really bad is about to happen. Like I have like five seconds. Oh, were you like, you're like, I know I'm about to die in a fucked up way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this is why I wouldn't want that. Yeah. Because like. Most wouldn't. Yeah, I would rather like die like not knowing it, you know, like, oh, a little bit of pain, I'm dead, you know. shot in the back of the head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that would suck to survive that. Mafia style. Yeah, yeah, that would suck to survive that. Like, I wouldn't want to get choked out, you know, like mafia style. I wouldn't want to get... Oh, that would really suck. Yeah, because you're just like, oh, I'm dying. Oh, like, I'm about to die. Oh, I can't get out of this. Oh, yeah, I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because you start to panic or like drowning. It would almost even be worse if it was like something that's like not like a person trying to kill, like, you know, like drowning. Oh, you're yeah. You're not getting out of that one. Yeah. Or like, you know, yeah. Or what if somebody drowned your head <laughs> and they put your head in the gulf, like in a fish tank, and they drown your head, but then they light the rest of you on fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody, I think... somebody told me that one time, and I was like, how the fuck did you come up with that? <laughs> I know, yeah. Dude, yeah. Dude, that'd be crazy. Yeah. I think, like, you know, uh, yeah, well, and I just wanted to bring it back to our hike. I see it. This is a perfect circle. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. We got to give you guys little little things that happened on our hike. Today, for our first hike, it was very cold. And I made Joe wake up super early for no reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and... Uh, it was hailing a little bit today. Uh, 
you know, we got through it. But it's nice in New Mexico. There's a lot of cacti, and then uh, there's the Sandia Mountains. And just in case you guys didn't know what Sandia means, it means watermelon. If you're from New Mexico, you probably hate me for saying that because yeah, I'm from. I've been here my whole life, and Eddie just told me that the other day, and I didn't know that. Oh no, no, no! It's just that everybody says that, you know. Which is how have I never heard that? That's weird. You must be, you know. I guess I need to get out more. Eddie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Just, it's like because you think like sandia, like it sounds like it's going to mean something really majestic. But then yeah, yeah. Like watermelon. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's because when the sun hits it, it starts turning like you know, purple, pink, and there's little black spots of the trees and stuff. Oh, dude, did you go out yesterday during the sunset? Dude, yesterday in Albuquerque we had one of the dopest sunsets. Really? I should have hit you up. Yeah, it was. I saw I pictures. It looked yeah. red. The pictures of, yeah, well, that's, that was the annoying thing. Like everybody, it was like, I don't know why this drives me crazy, but like everybody was out walking at that time because they were like, oh, the sunset's so beautiful, but no one can just enjoy it. You know, everybody's going to oh, yeah. take out their phone, take a picture. Yeah. And like, I get that in a way, but it's also like, uh, there's something lost there when you can't just enjoy beauty, take it in. Not everybody's got to see your picture. That's not your picture is not as good as the sunset. First of all, like for, to really stand there and look at a sunset, you're never gonna be able to capture that on an iPhone. Yeah. Well, the one thing that was crazy to me was I was in Paris and I was checking out the Mona Lisa, and I was in this place looking at the Mona Lisa, and uh, and there's this huge crowd. And everybody was just bumping into me. And I was like listening to music to try to tune out all these people because they're right. just yapping, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was listening to the song Mona Lisa, Nat King Cole. Love that song. Nat King Cole's awesome. And, uh, you know, I was like trying to have an intimate moment with this beautiful piece of art that's historic, you know? Uh -huh. Everybody's around me bumping into me, taking pictures of this thing, just, ugh, you know? And I was like, wow, this sucks. I was like, this is humanity. Like in a nutshell, yeah. A bunch of touristy people, and don't get me wrong, I post a lot. You know, like you kind of have to nowadays. Yeah, you have to yeah. post a lot. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, man, but that is just such a majestic moment to ruin for other people. Yeah, that sucks because nobody can like appreciate you know the moment and you know uh, and something as magnificent without like that without getting some validation and getting some ego recognition. You know. Yeah, and I totally get what you're saying. You have to post on social media. You have to do these things. It's just, you just have to. Yeah. But it just feels kind of fake to me when like, you know, like for instance, like if you go out with a group of your friends and like you're just like taking Snapchat stories the whole time or whatever, it's like that just doesn't feel like real to me. It's like just enjoy each other's company, you know, Sometimes, take a couple of pictures. Yeah. You know? Sometimes it can be kind of fun and funny. Yeah, you know? it can. It can, but at the same time, you know, as well as you know, it can be kind of crazy, you know, yeah. like, it's like, it's like, do we live in the here and now or do we live in our phones, you know, and well, and it's like, well, are you doing this to actually have fun or are you doing this to like, get followers? Show up, yeah, get followers and like present this kind of like, lifestyle. I don't know. I guess you could do both, but it's gotta be a good balance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, just like with anything in life, it's just gotta be a good balance. Yeah. I mean, like, man, like, you know, going to that, you know. That was a crazy experience to me, man. You know, it's just like... What was the museum called that they have the most? The was it the Lou? The Lou. Yeah, the Lou. That's what they call the bathroom, I think. No, no, no. go to the Lou? No, no, I'm pretty sure it's the Lou. Yeah, it's the Lou. Yeah, where the Mona Lisa is. Which I should know because I was there, but, you know... You know, the Mona Lisa... I'm not cultured, so... The Mona Lisa is one of those paintings that, like... I feel dumb because I feel like I'm missing what everyone else is getting out of that painting you know like it's it's a cool painting i get it but really it's just you know call me crazy it's just kind of a plain looking woman so what's the deal here what are we what are we so fascinated by the mona lisa for see i think that might have been part of it it is it's there's something strange about it isn't there yeah because like she, it follows you like or she whenever you, uh, that's the one cool thing i like about it is like wherever you stand it's like you're locking eyes with her let's see where is the mona lisa held i'm pretty sure it is the loo Yep, it's the loop. Did they, so was that an actual person? Or was that like... Who knows? You know, that's what the whole song, Nat King Cole song is about. You know? Okay. Are you, uh, are you warm? Are you real? Mona Lisa? Hmm. You know, I mean, that's a great song. If you guys get a, check, a chance to check out that song, it's a beautiful song. It's like, 
Are you or are you real Mona Lisa or just a cold and lovely, lonely work of art? See, you know, I, I love Leonardo da Vinci. Obviously, you got to give da Vinci his due. But uh, <laughs> I'm more, <laughs> more of a Vincent Van Gogh guy, mm-hmm. you know? Starry Night, everyone loves that one. Yeah, I saw a lot of his stuff in Europe, too. Did they have that one there? Uh, I don't think... Did they have Vincent Van I think it was in Amsterdam that I saw the Vincent Van Gogh stuff, I want to say. Oh, yeah, that's right. You've been to Amsterdam, too. You said yeah. you thought it was pretty cool, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I, like Amsterdam was pretty cool. I was more... I actually really loved uh, Bergen and Oslo. Uh, they were just... I just... They're not places I had really heard of. Yeah, I've never uh, heard of either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really have any expectations because I was visiting my sister out in Europe. And... Um, and so, you know, when you, like, hear of Paris, like, you have all these expectations and you know what's coming, you know? Like, you see all these places, but... The Eiffel Tower. Yeah, Oslo and Bergen, man. And then we went through the fjords, which was just amazing. And it's basically just, like, I think it was, like, thousands and thousands of years, these big, um, like, icebergs had, like, cut through these mountains. Oh, and that's probably dope to see. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And then... So you like have just like all this snow everywhere. Then out of nowhere, you've got flowers, and and I, I just felt like a sailor, you know, like you know, because you're going through like you know Norway and uh, you know the Netherlands and stuff. And so going through this, you just feel kind of like a Viking or something, you know. And it's just and it was it was really like uh, there was all kinds of rain everywhere, and uh, it, it was a good experience. It was nice. I really envy that you uh, have gotten to do so much traveling abroad. That's that's awesome. The only country I've ever been to outside of America is Mexico. I want to, uh, I definitely, you know, now obviously you can't do any traveling around those parts, but um, I've always wanted to go to Europe. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Italy or. Oh, Italy would be great. Yeah. I would love to see, because my mom's from Serbia, uh, first generation immigrant. Joe knows that, but for you guys that don't, she's a first generation immigrant. Holla. Hello, <laughs> mom. Love ya. And uh, so I really like. Um, so she's got Balkan. Is you know she got a lot of Balkan blood, and I really want to go out to Greece and all those areas because that's you know a lot of our like lineage. And uh, and then my dad's side is like Irish Penobscot and all that stuff. I've already been to Maine, so I know what Penobscot life is like. Very cold, <laughs> very cold. Oh, the Penobscots are Native Americans. Just in case you guys didn't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, what was it, uh, Last of the Mohicans is about the Penobscots. Really? Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool if you went out to, uh, you know, like, your mom's, like, homeland, basically. I wonder if there's any, like, distant, distant relatives of yours that are still, like, alive. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, we've got a ton. Yeah, she actually did her DNA stuff. Like, what if you just ran into some guy over there and he's just like you, but, like, he just speaks... They all look like me. Yeah, I mean, like, out there, it's crazy. When you go out to places like that, because I've been to Serbia, too. I was visiting family out there. Mm. Um, When you go out there, it's, like, it's crazy. They just, they look, they all look the same. Like, it kind of look like, you know, Italians, you know. I have a friend who's Italian, and there's, like, the, you know, there's, like, a certain look around there. Then you get to Norway and the Netherlands, and it's, like, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, Germany, all those areas. And it starts to differentiate the way that people look. My grandma, um, she had spent so much time in Europe and seen so many people and how they look, depending on where they're at, that she could just call it out what what your ethnicity is. Really? Like, yeah, she could just... With my, pretty good accuracy? Great accuracy. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, uh, she was talking to uh, my piano teacher... And she was like, "What's like? What are you? You know?" And he was like, uh, "He's like, oh, I'm Irish and this." And she's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> and he was like, "No, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah." And he was just like, "No, you're not." And then she was like, "You're Eastern European. You probably got Jewish ancestors and stuff." And he was like, "I'm pretty sure I'm English and Irish, you know." And then he looked it up and he was like, "Wow, your grandma's <laughs> totally right." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Well, like, yeah, my. Uh... I had one of those uh, 23 and me things done and uh, it is like I was pretty much I pretty much was right about um, everything but 
you do you do learn some stuff that's oh, kind of yeah. cool you know like i'm like uh i think it's seven or like ten percent native american oh wow. yeah so i think it's like seven percent yeah pretty like decent little chunk and then uh like a lot of spanish from spain like 40 percent some french but uh yeah it's cool because the it like actually has this like map that'll show you like and it'll trace everything back and show you like exactly which country people came from and stuff see that's so cool i mean technology man dna like being able to look at somebody's dna pick out those things it's just incredible man yeah i love like you know the whole thing with dna like you know how they can catch you know a lot of these killers with it you know forensic science oh yeah like it's just amazing being a murderer like 30 years ago was super easy <laughs> you know what actually it's crazy because you know what they're talking about now is that it's all gone to uh, digital forensics really yeah so now they're really trying to crack down on digital forensics because what is a digital forensic uh well so digital forensics would be like you know trying to like there's one guy and here's an example so there's one guy and he had he was on the dark web My and friend. uh Hey, Tony. Joe's here, dog's Tony. trying to say hey. Uh, with digital forensics, uh, this guy had a uh, computer. He had a website on the dark web, mm. and it was like a hitman website. Okay. So you could hire people to kill right. people. So you like, send over $5,000. But it ended up being a scam. Most of those hitman sites are a scam. Yeah, so but what would end up happening is these people would get impatient, and then they would try to kill these people. Anyway, so this woman, she uh, wanted to kill this woman because she was like in love with a guy or something, and then so she attempted to murder her, and then they were like Like she didn't wait for the hitman. She was like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy oh. out in England, and he was talking to a 16-year-old girl, and then she cut it off with him, and then he uh, hit up the hitman. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'll give you $5,000 to kill this girl, put a hit on her. And she's 16 years old. Jesus she Christ. She just stopped talking to this English dude, you know. Five Gs? That doesn't seem Yeah, worth it. I, I don't know. I just made that number yeah, up, to okay. be really honest. Okay. You know, but it was, it was a lot of money, you know. Yeah. You're not just going to, hey, I'll give you 25 bucks. Can you go whack this uh, underage girl that I was trying to sleep with? You know, it's like, but uh, then... Uh, then he was getting impatient. And he was like, I don't think I can wait, man. Can you, uh, do you guys have access to guns? And I'm just like, whoa, dude. Then there's like, uh, you know, yeah, there's some crazy cases, man. It's kind of, the, well, the, the problem with digital forensics is there's a certain um, privacy type thing. So, you know, you want to be able to, um, it's like how much how much freedom should like you know government and officials have in people's computers? So is it kind of like you're trying to track somebody's like digital footprint, like they're trying to find out things yeah. they've done online? They say, yeah, that is inescapable. Uh, we're based at this point, like in this day and age, you're not getting away with anything. Really, you're not. There's so I'm, many. Well, maybe, but there's a lot of cameras and shit. Like, I don't know, man. You know, they're starting to say because with how the digital stuff is going, that a lot of these serial killers might just be getting better. Yeah, that's a scary thought, right? They're yeah, because I'm figuring mean, it out. These guys are guys that you typically have high IQs. Because now, it, yeah, like, I mean, with with the technology advances in like just regular forensics, it is like super, super super difficult oh yeah it's crazy dude i i'm like a forensics i love that stuff i just googled uh probably not a good thing to google i just googled the going rate for a hitman <laughs> <laughs> and it says uh a low level hitman's like five to fifteen thousand sounds about right average would be like thirty to fifty thousand it's crazy man yeah Still, that doesn't seem like a lot of money to actually fucking kill somebody like yeah. oh yeah fifteen thousand dollars and you get caught like what you're doing life for 15 grand seems kind of crazy yeah i knew a guy that he was gonna he uh guy convinced him to go try to kill justin bieber really yeah dude like paid him money to go kill Justin. was he bieber. just like super obsessed with justin bieber or something i don't know what the deal was i didn't really look into it but Probably. it was like it was a it was a real thing no this guy wasn't obsessed with him he was like hired to like kill him or something 
Like I know. This guy I mean, just like, hated who, him. Yeah, I, I think this guy just him. hated him. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, he got caught like immediately. Oh but, yeah, you're not taking out Justin Bieber. That's like yeah, that's like taking out the president. Yeah. He's got some fucking people around. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like I was like, oh my god. And uh, well, and uh, you know. The other thing I wanted to mention is I think next week we're going to try to hit up another spot other than the foothills in Albuquerque to go hike. Yeah. Um, what are some good spots? Like we went up to uh, – recently we went up to – obviously, you know, everybody goes up to like Whitewash. Yeah. That's, that's a cool spot though. It's a little bit more of a difficult hike. That's like actually where you get into like more climbing. Like yeah. Going really steep. Well, I think we're going to try to hit up uh, Tent Rocks. Oh, yeah. Tent uh, yeah. Rocks sounds dope. Yeah, Tent Rocks. It's all a bunch of these rocks that are shaped like tents. And so... I still think we should consider, at some point, maybe trying some trying some rock climbing, dude. But, like, with the ropes, obviously. Oh, not, yeah, yeah. Not, like, free soloing style, but, like... Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> no, there have been a couple of days on these hikes that uh, we've gotten in a couple of precarious... Oh yeah, man! The other day we were sliding down half of the. Uh, we were with Joe's dog Tony. Uh, oh yeah, Tony had a rough one that day. Yeah, we we went up the path. We we steered off the path a little bit because, god damn it! Well, we're going up this mountain, and it's like huge, and then, like it's like one of these mountains where like you think you're getting to the top, and then like you're not. Like it's just further. Yeah. And uh, and I was like Eddie, let's turn back. Let's turn back. And Eddie was like, No, we can do this. We're gonna get to the top. And we, we almost did. Done it. We almost we did. Done it. I don't think we could have. We could have done then it. Then why did we turn back? Because <laughs> <laughs> we gave up, Joe. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> but you know what? It was really, it was crazy though. There was a part where we were trying to get down, you know, and then, and then we were like, we have no idea where the path is, you know. Oh yeah, no path. Then we just ended up sliding on our asses, like probably halfway down the mountain because it was so steep. Yeah. You're gaining a little momentum there. I was, I was like, whoa. I was like, yeah, because okay. when you start sliding and you can't stop, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> like mm -hmm. I slid into you a couple of times. Yeah, but uh, that's you know one of the great things about New Mexico is we have a lot of you know awesome outdoor hiking spots. You yeah, know? and just activities, man. I love dirt bike riding. Love... So many activities. It's just so many activities. It's so much time now. Yeah, that's another thing we're going to try and do is maybe ride some dirt bikes here pretty soon. So I'll probably die because I've never done it before. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, you can wreck yourself for sure. Yeah. We were chatting with our buddy Gage the other day, and uh, he was telling me some pretty crazy stories about him on the motorcycle. This guy's like a basically like an adrenaline junkie. So Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like uh, telling me this story where he was going, God, like 180 miles an hour or something. It's crazy. Yeah, and like had to slam on the brakes because the, and basically like skid for a while because like there was like a wall of cars ahead of him, and even motorcycles are just uh, they're freaky because it's like you know one wrong decision, especially when you're dealing with like a like a crotch rocket, something super high speed, that's like intense. Yeah, that's not me, man. I, I'm, like, I'm I like... more like just like a cruising. I would like just to just a cruise on a cool bike, like hit up like you said route 66 and just oh like... yeah yeah man well and uh you know i just i'm just excited for this this virus to clear up you know to get back to work you know start well i think this is a good time you know for us all to start thinking about things that we want in our lives you know and mm -hmm. you know think about goals that we're trying to obtain think about the fun stuff that we want to do because obviously we can't do anything like that that's we don't, we're limited on freedoms. Me and Joe are going to go to uh, New Orleans Jazz Fest mm -hmm. and uh, go see The Who, Fleetwood Mac, a bunch of other groups. And uh, and uh, we were like, oh, crap. All right. It's, I mean, it's postponed till yeah. October. But it's like, wow, man. Like, there's so much opportunity to do cool stuff. And you just don't realize how many opportunities there are to do cool things until you can't do them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you don't know what you have until it's gone, basically, because... Like, yeah, like right now would be such a dope time to be able to take a trip. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I've got the money, I've got the time off. I, I just can't take a trip <laughs> because <laughs> it's, like, it's literally impossible. <laughs> I know. They're like, yeah, you don't have to come to school anymore. You're like, oh, thanks, cool. And it's like, but you can't go anywhere. And I'm like, it's like, uh, am I in hell? Am I in purgatory right now? Yeah, it's like, this is like purgatory for sure. It's like something. It's like, but do you know what? Actually, I was watching this show and I was super inspired because I've really been wanting to get back into my spiritual meditation stuff at this time. 
And uh, if you guys get a chance to see a show called The Story of God, Morgan Freeman narrates it, and it's so good. It's just World's amazing. Best narrator. And he's just like, you know, in this show, he's so open-minded, and like you just see things that like really like are very inspirational on a lot of different levels. And it's not just like Christianity, you know, right. it's like, it's like the story of God all over the world and all these different ideas. I think I've seen the, is it on like, like normal TV is like on Netflix or something? Netflix. Yeah. Okay. I think I may have like seen that. It sounds familiar to me. I'll have to check that out. It's so amazing. Like they got, I mean, just these places that they go to, like they, they go to Ethiopia and there's like these, like, um, these temples up in the like sky and they have to do these like dangerous climbs to get up to these temples and they're all like you know they're worshiping jesus up there and stuff but then like they get to the top and they're just looking and if you fall off this thing you die and basically one of the big things was that these priests will climb up it like every day they'll go to the bottom go to the top like super dangerous people still do this or is this oh like, yeah wow. it's like okay. it's a thing and uh and once they get to the top and you just see this camera view of just, you know, Ethiopia and like the way that it all looks from the top of this thing, uh -huh. she's beautiful, man. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, and, and you know, the one today that I was super inspired by because I did a semi one. I was in trouble when I was like 15 and I went up to a wilderness program and they would do like a, it was sort of a vision quest, but not really because you can't starve 15 year olds and make them fast and stuff. But uh, I did a semi-vision quest. Okay. And because uh, the, the wilderness program was basically because I was in so much trouble with my parents. Oh, he was a maniac. Yeah, I was a, <laughs> I was a monster. I was a monster, not going to lie. But um, it was a really cool experience, you know, even though it wasn't the same. You know, I stayed silent for three days. And it's a little bit different than the traditional one. I was starting to look up the traditional one. But I stayed silent for three days. And... Uh, you know, nobody talked during this thing. No, and you're just in a tent outside in the outdoors. We've been hiking for about a week, and we're just in the middle of nowhere doing this. And then I just, you know, saw like a. It was in North Idaho, middle of winter. <laughs> Freaking with, you know, big backpacks on, going up these <laughs> slopes. I was like, oh, my parents are trying to kill me. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have fucked around. <laughs> They're like, well, he'll either die. Or he'll come back better. <laughs> yeah. We'll take either one. Yeah. Neither happened. <laughs> well, it was actually a great experience. I, I will, like, it was... Well, at the time, though, because you were still in this, like, rebellious, like, stage, were you, were you, like, were you fighting this program at the time, or were you embracing it? I was embracing it. Okay, that's I cool. thought it was, I loved being in that great outdoors. I was climbing, you know, we have these big backpacks on, North Idaho. It just felt like there was a point, because it's not the snow you have to worry about, right? It's the rain. Real? Oh, because it's so cold or what? Well, yeah. So you have these storms coming through. If it snows, like it's it's dry. Mm, yeah. So you don't gotcha. get wet. But gotcha. like when it rains, you get wet. And then hypothermia, wind comes and all that stuff. So there's a point where we're all, you know, we're like, we're in deep, you know. We're like in like, you know, probably we've been hiking from whenever we wake up for about eight to eight hours a day with these big packs on going up these big mountains that are kind of iced over. So that sounds intense, man. It was really intense, but it was a great experience. And then, uh, you know, we're in it and then there's this storm that comes through and there, we were really hoping that it was going to be a snowstorm, but it was just rain. And, uh, all of our clothes were getting wet. We were trying to keep this fire going to dry the clothes, but then the fire would go out because the wind would blow it out and the rain would hit it. Wow. So we're just scrambling, you know, and then finally it eased up after like a day or two and then uh, we were able to dry our clothes. <laughs> but then uh, we did the vi uh, we did the vision quest and that it was a great experience. I loved the vision quest, but I want to do like the, the actual traditional one. Where you don't eat for three days and you don't like hallucinate. Yeah, yeah, don't eat for three, four days. That could be dangerous, no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to have somebody like at least like... You have to have somebody there who's like ready to pull the ripcord at least. Somebody who's like watching you from a distance. I think it's better to not. You have somebody <laughs> just leave you out there for, you know, three days, three nights. Right. So technically it's like four days. It'd be a liability on day. them though. Yeah, but you know, like, you can fast for here. four days. You know, well, I was watching this other thing where they were talking about these priests fasting. And what it does is it puts you in the most like hyper alert. 
hyper alert primal part of yourself that you have to fight these things like these things inside of you you know like you're getting angry because you're hungry you're freaked out because you don't know what's going to happen you know like you're dealing with the worst parts of yourself fear and being uncomfortable right. and not being safe and not being secure mm. all the things that people crave the security yeah feeling safe so you're depriving yourself there has to be you know there is something into depriving yourself of things it's fun yeah yeah <laughs> well you know it's always good like i think it's good to like test that out you know in, in siddhartha um you know the buddha before he became enlightened he would go out into the forest and he would um he started getting with these like these uh different tribes and they would actually like they would cut themselves they would drink urine they would do these crazy things and they would put them through this pain and they would just go through a lot of pain why would they drink the urine because you're just doing these things that put you through uncomfortability and pain and just like insanity you know so you're scraping yourself you're scar like you're just doing this crazy stuff giving yourself chinners <laughs> giving yourself chinners you know just banging your head against the wall like and then because you're pushing your body to this point and so you're playing with you know being comfortable mm -hmm. and being completely uncomfortable it's like these two polar opposites and uh you know, and I mean, I think in his experience, like, you know, his revelation under the Bodhi tree was, you know, that you don't need to do that. You don't need to put yourself through that much excruciating. Wait, his revelation during this whole vision quest was that this was unnecessary? No, 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 no it wasn't a vision quest. Uh, no, he was under the, the Bodhi tree because he had the choice of being a uh, warrior or, or spiritual Oh, okay. and so he was destined to be either one and he chose spiritual so he wanted to go try out all these different things so oh. he tries out all these different things mm -hmm. then he comes back and he sits under the bodhi tree and meditates for you know 40 days 40 nights which is weird because that's in the christian beliefs too you know that jesus, that jesus went out. walked or something yeah he went out into the desert and deprived himself for 40 days 40 nights yeah uh, so a lot of parallels there. Tons of parallels in all. In a lot. If you start looking at religion, there's a lot of parallels between a lot of them. And I love it. You yeah. know, I love. I actually love theology. There's got to be like, a lesson in that somewhere. Oh yeah, it, uh, <clears throat> and in that, you know, when he hit Nirvana and enlightenment, it was, you know, he. Maybe no. that was a part of the journey, but you know, Nirvana sounds like a cool place to get to. Yeah, I would, I would enjoy being there. I could hang out in Nirvana for Especially a few days. now, you know, with all this shit going on, I could be in Nirvana. So that's like the idea of, is that like the Buddhist heaven? Or is that like... Yeah, I or mean, it's, it's heaven like on heaven, It's like a state of enlightenment, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, heaven on earth. Okay. It's like it's in, it's in the moment. It's, you know, being connected with the present moment. And, uh, you know, it's a state of, state of mind, consciousness. And... You know, a lot of that stuff crosses over with like Hinduism too, which I love, and you know, consciousness, and it's it's cool, man. That's I that stuff makes me nerd out, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of the my favorite parts about hanging out with Eddie is he teaches me stuff that uh, I probably wouldn't have known otherwise, you know. And uh, we've been we've been doing a lot of cool like kind of meditative stuff. You know, we tried out float tanks a couple weeks ago. Oh, well, you've been doing it, but I did it for the first time. I thought it was awesome so cool yeah just an hour and a half of like it's like peace like sir it's like a serenity feeling yeah well there you go in and out of it you know yeah i'll get caught up in my thoughts and i'll think about crazy things <laughs> you have to like it's so hard to push thoughts out because like once you get that thought in your mind of like whatever it is it's kind of hard to push it out but definitely a cool experience we're gonna keep uh we're gonna keep pushing we're gonna keep trying new stuff and uh one day we'll end up enlightened well, and we'll get through all this together and, you know, we're super excited for, you know, for, uh, you know, for the coronavirus to tame down and, you know, to be able to get out and do cool stuff again. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll work with what we got. And... Um, but yeah, I think that's a good point to, to wrap up this, this first podcast. We just kind of wanted to, uh, do like a cool intro podcast, let you guys know what we're about. Um, you can check us out on Instagram, 
at Eddie Brewer Official. That's going to be where we post the podcasts for now. Yep. In the future, we might make a, our own Instagram page, but for now, we'll post them on Eddie Brewer Official, so check that out. And uh, yeah, in the future, we'll be, you know, talking to you guys about some cool things. We're going to talk about Eddie's music, you know, a bunch of stuff. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Till next time, I'm Joe Toledo. I'm Eddie Brewer. This is Hike Club. This is Hike Club. Thanks, guys. Thank you.